I'm Dijan. Welcome to Tantra Log. Uh, this is a podcast for the spiritually curious. So if you like to reflect on Tantra, yoga, inner work, meditation, wellness and self-development, you may find lots of information, personal stories of practitioners and micro practices for you to experience, to look inward and do something good for yourself. Thank you for joining in. This podcast is a lecture from my 10 Wisdom Goddesses online program. If you're interested to learn more about the goddesses, to listen to more lectures, be guided into meditations, rituals, and different levels of self-practice, please feel free to check my website, dijan.co, for more details. Entering some deeper discussions about why practicing with Kamalatmika, uh, we also need to um, address some tricky uh, philosophical aspects. One is the idea of playing with fire when you're working with a goddess that is considered as so benign. It's about luxury, comfort, money and uh, pleasures of life. Why is it the tenth Mahavidya out of a spectrum of ten goddesses? Different authors uh, have different suggestions on reasoning, uh, according to their own path also. A real tantric approach would be, we have been through many hurdles while working with other goddesses, and tenth is the cherry on top of the cake. Tent is the bliss that we achieve after the hard work, after the austerity, after the discipline that we all uh, need to put into this work. Others would claim, well, she's the tent because she is less of a priority. It's all about the material world. I even remember a student when we were doing this uh, special practice where each student had to uh, embody the goddess by uh, practicing for a very long time using different methods, some of them uh, you are learning during this uh, workshop. And she was really troubled about her role as Kamalatmika, you know, like she's all about money and comfort and it's there's nothing exciting on a spiritual sense, you know, what, where is the spirituality of it? And that was actually a barrier for her to uh, go into the depths and it took her an effort to cross that barrier. And that's what I want to discuss with you. Uh, this First start with this playing with fire. Why do I come up with a title like that? Because Kamalatmika energy can be so alluring that it can make us stuck on the material uh, desires and needs. It's not the result of the sadhana with her. It's our understanding of uh, the material benefits of her. Because all the Mahavidyas are for awakening, for enlightenment, for fulfilling our uh, full potential, for feeling the senses of uh, sense of oneness, for finding our dharma, our righteous path. So it's, there's no exception to that. Uh, and Kamalatmika's special allure when it comes to the material life is uh, very tempting for some and most of the dogmatic uh, spiritual paths or also organized religious paths uh, have been abstaining uh, 
from the allure of the material. Uh, Kamalatmika is associated with the planet Venus, uh, and it, she's called uh, the little beneficent because all the qualities of Venus are uh, very benign. And she's also called uh, the morning star, another name for this planet, the morning star. You see it in the morning. I mean, it's literally there. And uh, that is actually an interesting symbolism because in uh, some organized religions, morning star is associated with, the, with Lucifer, with the demonic energy. So, okay, why is that? Because there is this... Um, luring, capturing aspect of comfort that may uh, prevent one from uh, persisting on a spiritual path. Like, he who suffers remembers. Like, we seek spiritual quests or uh, we enter um, a yoga class or a meditation retreat or some of us start praying when we are in trouble. So the more tension, the more pressure, the more there is the desire to seek for a solution. And sometimes the solution is not in a, let's, uh, let's find uh, your seven-step guideline out of depression, or let's find a, a miraculous cure out of anxiety, or let's find the perfect investment to make you secure forever. Sometimes the quest is more of an existential nature and to go beyond that, uh, people are in pursuit of a spiritual quest which is felt stronger when we are troubled. So the question is, if we are continuously in the Kamala vibe, if there is the sweetness of Kamala in our material life, why would we bother? to practice. Uh, she's associated with water energy we talked about during the symbolism uh, discourse and uh, water is uh, uh, the element that really awakens our sensuality. She is the vessel, the water energy is the vessel of emotions, of pleasures of life. When we take a shower, yes, there is the purifying, cleaning nature, but there's also this, the connection of the water on our skin and the pleasure that it awakens in us. And that can be taboo for an austere practice. You know, in uh, uh, people who assumed monastic life, uh, there were even challenges of such monastic life like wash only once a year because otherwise uh, you will be too connected to the material body. Whereas when you do a Kamalatmika sadhana, as we were discussing in Diwali, you first start with cleaning your house, cleaning your office, cleaning yourself. Cleanliness is a very important part uh, of this practice. If you do it in a devotional way, yeah, just some simple cleaning. If you do it in a sadak way, I remember uh, doing a sadhana with Vishnu, the consort of uh, Lakshmi, Kamala. So practically a very similar approach. And uh, it was a very intense sadhana. You know, we were doing fire ceremonies. We were doing hours and hours of mantra meditation. Very intense. And we had to take a shower literally a full shower, every time we went to the bathroom, every time uh, somebody has to pass gas, every time somebody has to burp. Imagine, you know, you're prepared, you're sitting, and uh, natural instinct, the burping comes off. You go back, shower, 
full clothing, come back. You know, you go to the bathroom, full shower, come back. Your hands get dirty or you do an errand, you go to the shower, come back. So that kind of an intensity can be applied for a real uh, sadak style practice. So it can go to the extreme. Imagine the controversy of these two notions. Um, so uh, that is a bit of a challenge. However, you can also say, uh, we need it all. You know, we need the discipline, we need the austerity, uh, we need to, for example, to cultivate some uh, access to the silencing of the mind. It's like a muscle. We need to practice meditation regularly. To cultivate a certain proficiency in our uh, yoga practice, we need to do it regularly. To really get the effects of pranayama, we need to get and do it regularly. So any type of practice, be it related to the material life, uh, to our profession, or to our spiritual quest, there is a certain need for discipline. It's it's important. And also, it's a very good training for our ego. You know, there's a story about Gurdjieff uh, to train uh, the egos of French scholars, you know, the, uh, the peak uh, of the spectrum, I would say. He was asking them to dig uh, ditches. You know, like all these people who never took, took a shovel in their hands, they were digging ditches. And then, it was like, ah, you know, I changed my mind. Close them and now dig uh, deeper ditches here. Basically, those ditches were not for anything, you know. It was just making them do ideal work, just to grind them a little bit, uh, so that uh, the ego can be really smashed. So those kinds of um, hardcore practices are amazing, so that we uh, cultivate the strength and the humbleness uh, that we may require in bigger hurdles in life. However, there is also the need for the energy of Kamala, where we have the desire, where we have the devotion, where we have the dedication, actually, to do, to do those practices. Uh, as it was with the Indra story, when Kamala energy was gone, there was no desire in people to really worship uh, gods and goddesses. So it was a total failure. So it's not like uh, we only need one form of energy. Those are the 10 different phases of Shakti. Shakti works in all aspects of our being, and we are uh, connected to a different aspect uh, whenever we are performing a task. And they are, uh, they are this complex grid. When you're connected to one, you're connected to all. Uh, so in that sense, uh, this playing with fire, yes, there's a point to it. But on the other hand, uh, this work, this sadhana, is about having control over uh, our uh, desires, having control over our material needs, learning how to give, as I will highlight more and more when it comes to how to invoke the energy of Kamala in our daily life. And going into the details a little bit of this Venusian energy, because that may be interesting for the daily invocation too, sometimes uh, people like using these symbols of the deities or the planets uh, to feel more connected. I, for example, wear a diamond necklace, because diamond, a full uh, diamond, not this uh, sprinkled ones, several diamonds in one ring, but one full diamond, no matter the quality, 
uh, is associated with the energy of Venus, therefore also is uh, worn to worship Lakshmi, to feel connected to Lakshmi all the time. Uh, another, uh, the metal connected to Venus is copper. So uh, drinking from a copper pot or uh, letting water in a copper, copper pot under sunlight for a few hours and uh, drinking it. That may, that, these are ways, uh, ritualistic ways, but also energetic, subtle ways of um, playing with these energies, invoking those energies for the ones who are um, excited to explore those dimensions. Also, some may wonder what are the chakra connections. Mahavidyas are beyond chakras, you know, they are not really. Very few are connected to a specific chakra in the texts. So they are, uh, they work at all the levels because ultimately the work is about awakening Kundalini Shakti, which is connected to all the chakras. So it's the abode of Kundalini where the root is connecting with the crown and their unison is uh, bringing the state of bliss, bringing the state of enlightenment on an energetic level. Therefore, they work in all the chakras. As I said, there are a few that are associated with particular chakras, and I will mention them as we go along uh, those uh, throughout the program. For Kamalatmika, for example, you can find uh, the connotations with Muladhara, the root chakra, when we are talking about fertility, vegetation. Uh, or you can find connections with Svadhisthana, the sacral chakra, when we are talking about pleasure and comfort. Or uh, we, when we are talking about the power of manifesting uh, a good quality job, uh, money, financial uh, abundance, that is a quality that comes from our Manipura chakra, from the third chakra. Or when we are talking about uh, the love, this uh, Shringara Rasa, as it's called, this... Uh, subtle essence of beauty and love and enthusiasm that's related to anatta chakra, the heart chakra. Or when we're talking about the wisdom associated with Kamalatmika, we're talking about Vishuddha. Or when we're talking about the discrimination of your dharma, uh, finding the right path, the righteous path for you, your purpose in life, we may talk about Ajna. And when we're talking about the state of bhava, the state of bliss, joy in every single thing that we're doing, uh, which we will discuss in detail in the next discourse, we're talking about Sahasrara, the crown chakra. So basically, you can make different connections, but it doesn't mean uh, these are the only connections that can be made. As I said before, these are the different octaves of studying uh, concepts. These are just tools to make us understand easier the quality of energy, but ultimately the real understanding, the real contemplation and insight comes through your own communion, through practice, through meditation. So you will have uh, your answers if you practice uh, with them. Yeah, so this is a little bit uh, of a food for thought, uh, for uh, understanding uh, the more tantric path of going through the material to the divine and a more of an ascetic principle uh, that is around neglecting the material and therefore having a bit of a skepticism towards energies like Kamalatmika, Lakshmi, and so on. Uh, and uh, I'm a proponent of the tantric path, as you may have guessed already. So the material can uh, very well work as a springboard uh, for uh, the divine.
podcast on Tantra Log. Please subscribe if you like this content and feel free to share it with your friends and loved ones. See you at our next talk.